Welcome to the Christmas special of the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. We want to wish you a Merry Christmas, and this week we are doing something that we haven't ever done before. This episode is something your whole family can enjoy. While me and my siblings were growing up, my dad, Todd, wrote many different stories that were themed around Christmas. One of them was Gladys Remembers Christmas. We decided this week that we include the entire audiobook in this week's episode. It's short, but it's something that we love, and we're sure your family will as well. It is read by the talented Jim Hodges, and is a great reminder about what Christmas is all about. Before we start, I just want to thank Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring this week's podcast. They make math fun. You can check out their website over teachingtextbooks.com. Check out a free trial, view a sample lesson. It's a math curriculum our family uses, and we've loved it, and we're sure your family wills too. So thank you to them for all their support. So gather your kids together in the family room, sit back, maybe get a few snacks, and listen to this wonderful story about Christmas. We hope you enjoy. Gladys Remembers Christmas Book 6 of The Family Man's Christmas Treasury Written by Todd Wilson Can you imagine anyone not liking Christmas? Well, that's exactly how Gladys Higgins felt. She may not have hated the holiday as much as Ebenezer Scrooge did, but Gladys hated Christmas as much as she hated her name. Gladys was named after her mother, who died when she was only six years old. Even as a child, Gladys thought her name sounded so plain and old-fashioned. She tried shortening it to Gladdy, but that just made it worse. So she was stuck with plain old Gladys. Her father, who never remarried, was a stern man to say the least. Her older brothers said that he used to be fun before their mother died. But Gladys had a hard time believing that. It wasn't that her dad didn't try. He did. He made sure they were well-clothed and had three hot meals a day. In fact, they never lacked anything, except the one thing that Gladys wanted more than anything, to be loved and to have a different name. That's why Gladys hated Christmas, because it was a reminder that everyone else was happy and she wasn't. As she got older, she often wished she could skip the whole month of December, along with all of its decorations, gift-giving, and holiday cheer. She found herself thinking those very thoughts one cold December morning. You see, Gladys had taken the day off from work to clean out her father's house. He was ninety years old, and she had moved him into a nursing home the week before. Her brothers were scattered across the country with families of their own, so Gladys was left with deciding what to keep and what to sell. She dreaded the thought of wading through sixty years of junk, but she was not one to put things off. If she had learned anything in her hard life, it was to face problems head on. Gladys was up extra early that day with a cup of coffee in the morning paper. As usual, the radio was on to drown out the silence, She gradually noticed a familiar Christmas tune drifting from the speakers. It was the first holiday song of the season. To anyone else, it would have announced the beginning of Christmas, but to her, it was as if someone was scraping their fingernails across a chalkboard. I don't need that this morning, she said with her lips against the cup, and with a quick click, it was off. 
After finishing her coffee and paper in silence, Gladys tidied up the kitchen, grabbed her work clothes from the back of the closet, got dressed, and loaded her car with a broom, dustpan, vacuum cleaner, mop, and bucket. On the way to her father's house, she stopped at a store to pick up three boxes of heavy-duty trash bags. For the rest of the drive, she wondered if three boxes would be enough. Pulling up in front of the old house, she felt a twinge of nostalgia, which for her was as good as an avalanche of emotion. The house scared her as a child. It was big and drafty and her father had kept the house dark and cool to save on electricity. But now a light dusting of snow actually made the old place look warm and inviting. It was hard to believe that any fond memories could be coming from her old house. There were none from when she had lived there. She had no memory of the smell of cookies right out of the oven on a cold winter day or the taste of fresh lemonade on the front porch in the summer. Her father was too busy for that. If there were cookies, they were made by Gladys, and everyone knows that cookies you bake yourself never smell as good as ones baked by your mother. It took a couple of trips up and down the front steps to get all her cleaning supplies inside, but after she had unloaded the car, she was finally ready to tackle the project. Inside, the house smelled like her father, old and sad, like mothballs and hard work. Gladys walked over to the thermostat and turned the knob to 75, guessing it was the first time it had ever been above 60. With a soft whoosh, the furnace kicked to life, and warm air gushed from the dusty registers in the floor. The morning went by quickly. Gladys emptied the bathroom closet and medicine cabinet and cleaned under the sink. After that, she rummaged through the hall closet and then sorted some old papers that had been stuffed into a desk drawer. After lunch, Gladys pulled all the dishes from the cabinets and packed them away in boxes to take home. She then spent the rest of the afternoon cleaning out the upstairs closets. By the end of the day, she was exhausted, but she was determined to clean out the attic before going home. As a girl, the attic had always seemed scary. Gladys had almost forgotten it was part of the house, until her father asked her to find something in the attic and bring it to him at the nursing home. He didn't tell her what it was exactly. He just said it was in a green cardboard box near some old Christmas ornaments. The entrance to the attic was deep inside the closet of her father's bedroom. Gladys fumbled for the light and turned sideways to scoot towards the back of the closet where the attic door stood. By the time she finally opened the closet door, the sun had set and the house felt cold even with the furnace working overtime. Gladys couldn't remember the last time she had climbed the attic stairs, but when she turned the knob and opened the door, the squeak sounded familiar. Amazingly, her hand found the attic light switch as easily as if she had used the door a dozen times a week. Light bulbs sprang to life at the top of the worn wooden stairs, casting a warm beam of light down the stairwell and into the closet. Each step squeaked loudly, and the thought of haunted houses filled Gladys' mind as she made her way up. At the top of the landing, she looked around at the large, cluttered space. 
There goes my idea of finishing tonight, she sighed. Now I'll have to come back tomorrow. The attic was just the kind you'd expect to find in a big old house. Old, broken, and discarded things filled the musty space. For the first time all day, Gladys felt overwhelmed by the amount of stuff to go through. Since there was no chance of getting through it all, she decided to look for the box her father wanted and call it a night. Even that proved to be a bigger challenge than she expected. Near old Christmas ornaments, she repeated her father's directions to herself. Oh, that helps a lot. There are old Christmas decorations everywhere. Every nook and cranny was filled with dusty, artificial garland, large outdoor yard ornaments, boxes of decorations in all sizes, and colored bulbs in neatly wound bundles. This was a bigger surprise to Gladys than it would have been to you or me, because her family had barely even celebrated the holiday. As far back as Gladys could remember, they had never had a Christmas tree, decorations, or Christmas lights. She had never even made paper chains out of red and green construction paper to count down the days until Christmas. Christmas morning only consisted of a present or two, sitting next to her spot at the kitchen table. She'd open her gifts, and that was the end of the celebration until the next year. Now here she was, up to her elbows in Christmas decorations. She almost wondered if they belonged to the previous homeowners, but decided that they had to be theirs. After rooting through half a dozen boxes of Christmas ornaments, Gladys finally found the green box. This has got to be it, she thought. It wasn't heavy, but the box felt flimsy, and she feared the bottom might give way. She scooted it out into the middle of the room where the light was brighter. It was then that, suddenly, she smelled a strange odor that stopped her dead in her tracks. It was a warm smell. Her first thought was that it might be an electrical short, and she half expected the attic to burst into flames at any moment. It didn't, but the smell grew stronger and warmer, until Gladys was afraid to move. She tried to hear, smell, and see what might be going on all at the same time. It smells like something's baking, she whispered. The longer she stood sniffing the air, the more certain she was that something was baking in the oven. Gladys! A woman's voice called from somewhere downstairs. Gladys nearly jumped out of her skin. Gladys, did you find it? The voice asked, this time sounding closer. Yeah, I think so, she heard herself answer as if in a dream. The sound of footsteps echoed up the main stairs, down the hallway below, into her father's bedroom, and then into the closet. If the voice had not sounded so warm and non-threatening, Gladys would have been looking for a good hiding spot and something large and heavy to swing. Whoever was calling to her was now at the base of the attic stairs. "'Do you need some help with the box?' the voice asked knowingly. "'I guess,' Gladys answered. "'I'm afraid the bottom might fall out. "'I told your father we should have packed it away in a new box,' the woman said, climbing the stairs. "'But he didn't want to, because this is the box it came in.' 
He's so sentimental. The woman glanced at Gladys and walked straight towards her. There you are, she said. I was beginning to think you got lost up here. Gladys couldn't believe her eyes. It was her mother, just like she remembered her, or hadn't remembered her in such a long time. Can I help you carry the box? she asked. Sure, um, uh, uh, that, that would be great, Mom. That word sounded so good coming from her mouth, like saying the name of someone you haven't thought about in years. Her own voice sounded fresh and young, different, but the same. Your father will be so glad to see this set up, her mother said cheerfully. Gladys just stared. Together, they carefully carried the box down the attic steps. Gladys studied the face across from hers. She had forgotten how pretty her mother was, and how good she smelled. Gladys just about dropped the box when they stepped out of the closet and into her father's room. The cold, drab room had vanished. Instead, she found the room exactly as she remembered it before her mother died. A gold lamp with fringe around its shade stood next to the bed, throwing a welcoming light across the room. A bouquet of flowers sat on her mother's dresser. Gladys had forgotten how much her mother loved flowers. She had forgotten how safe and snug her parents' room felt, and how she loved lying in bed with them on Saturday mornings. On their way down to the main floor, she heard a scratchy Bing Crosby Christmas album playing on the large console stereo in the corner. We gave that away years ago, Gladys thought. Somehow the house had come alive. Boxes of Christmas decorations littered the floor, and the furniture by the big picture window had been moved to make room for a Christmas tree. Suddenly, as if waking up from a dream, Gladys remembered. Let's set the box by the front window, her mother instructed. I think it will look nice under the tree this year. Gladys couldn't speak. I hope we can get it set up before your father gets home, she added with a twinkle in her eye. Oh, I forgot the cookies, she shouted. They're probably burnt to a crisp. She raced to the kitchen, and Gladys heard her mother's heels click across the linoleum floor. That sound, along with the creak of the oven door and the scrape of the cookie tray across the rack, released a flood of memories. While her mother was checking on the cookies, Gladys sat on her knees, mesmerized by the transformation. Everything was exactly like she should have remembered it. The old couch, with Grandma's afghan stretched across the back. The green recliner with the white doilies over the armrests and the braided rug in the dining room. Her eyes widened when she spied her favorite doll curled up on the couch. Janet, she gasped, I forgot about you. She scrambled to her feet, ran to the couch, and scooped Janet up, pulling her to her chest. Ah, oh, she smelled just like she used to. How could she have forgotten all the tea parties and shared secrets? But she had. She had forgotten everything. Her reunion was interrupted as her mother walked out of the kitchen carrying a plate of freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. Oh, you found Janet, she said. 
I found her wedged between the couch and the wall this afternoon. I thought you'd be glad to see her. Tears glistened in Gladys's eyes. She was overwhelmed by the doll, the house, and the chocolate chip cookies, but mostly by her mother. The way she walked, her voice, the crinkles around her eyes when she smiled. Everything. Let's eat these cookies over by the front window and watch for your father, her mother said. Gladys eyed the large, slightly burned chocolate chip cookies. Nothing had ever looked or smelled so good. She picked up one and took a big bite. It tasted like home and Christmas. Come on, Gladys, let's get the set out now, her mother said. Her mother set the plate on the coffee table and kneeled beside the box. With a cookie in one hand and crumbs around her mouth, Gladys watched as her mother pulled off the lid and removed some old yellowed newspaper from the box. She had no idea what was inside. Next, her mother pulled a tiny ceramic shepherd from the box and examined him to see how he had fared his season of storage. Now Gladys remembered. It was the nativity set that her father had gotten her mother on their very first Christmas together. She remembered her father telling the story each year of how he had paid five dollars for the set and how that was a lot of money back then. Her mother pulled piece after piece from the worn box, placing them beside the shepherd. With each one, Gladys remembered a little more. She remembered walking the wise men through the house, pretending they were on their journey, and her brothers dive-bombing the shepherds with the angel of the Lord. She watched as her mother set down a lamb, and then snatched it back up and looked at the spot where a tail used to be. "'Every time I sweep, I think I'll find that sheep's tail,' she said with a smile. Gladys remembered breaking it off when she was six years old, she had dropped it when one of her older brothers came up behind her and scared her. Gladys put the sheep down and picked up another piece, then another. Her hands remembered each fold and crease of their ceramic clothing. After each piece had been accounted for, her mother stuffed the newspaper back in the box and slid it out of the way. "'Now we can set it up,' she said with a smile. First there was the wooden stable." Her father had made it from an old apple crate. Once it was in place, Gladys helped arrange the nativity pieces inside it. The last piece, according to tradition, was the baby in the manger. Her mother gave her the honor of placing it in the middle of the others. Gladys dropped to her belly, forgetting that she had started the day off as a 58-year-old woman, and rested her chin on her folded hands to get as close as she could to the Christ child. A million forgotten feelings filled her heart. She remembered holding the miniature baby and pretending that she was Mary, staring at him in the light of the Christmas tree and listening to the story of his birth that her father told so many times during the month of December. He quit telling that story after her mother died. A lump caught in Gladys' throat as she remembered their last Christmas together. Her mother was sick, and she was scared. It was Christmas Eve. She was having trouble sleeping, so she got up, snuck downstairs to the nativity scene, and got on her belly, just as she was doing now. The words she prayed that night flooded her mind. 
Dear Jesus, please make my mom better. Don't take her to heaven yet. Within a month, her mother died, and she never saw the little baby in the manger again. Christmas was packed away and stored in the attic and forgotten. Overwhelmed by emotion, Gladys whirled around and threw her arms around her mother's neck, sobbing, I've missed you so much, Mom. I love you. I love you so much. Her mother held her as tightly as only a mother can. I know, honey. I love you more than anything. Both mother and child cried, but the tears felt good. But Gladys, her mother finally said, stroking her daughter's hair, he loves you more, even more than I do. You mean, Dad? Gladys asked. Yes, your dad loves you, but someone else loves you even more. Her mother wiped the tears from her daughter's eyes and brushed a wisp of dark hair from her face. Who? Gladys sniffed. Her mother pointed to the little figure in the manger. Him, she said. Don't ever forget that, Gladys. No matter what. Gladys turned to see the tiny figure. As careful as a little girl can be, she picked up the tiny baby and held it in the palms of her hands. And then Gladys remembered Christmas. She remembered how much she was loved by her mom and her dad, but most of all, by God. But mom, she started, but her mother was gone. Janet was gone, and the smell of cookies, the decorations, and the music were all gone. Gladys sat, surrounded by the nativity figures, in front of the big, dark window. For the first time in a long time, Gladys felt loved. She sat and enjoyed the forgotten feeling for a long moment, and then slowly packed the pieces back into the green box and shut the lid. Stiffly, she stood and carried the box to the front door, where her coat lay crumpled over her purse. As she bent over to get her coat, something in the crack between the floorboards caught her eye. It looked like a tooth. Gladys did a quick sweep with her tongue to make sure none of her crowns were missing, and was relieved to find all of her teeth in their proper place. With little effort, she plucked the small white thing from the crack and held it up to the light coming through the window to get a better look. Tears gathered in the corner of her eyes, and a lump crept into her throat. It was the tail to the little lamb she had broken over fifty years ago. She swallowed hard and tucked the little piece into her pocket to be reattached later that night. Slinging her purse over her shoulder, Gladys turned to give the house one last look. It wasn't the same house she had entered that morning. This house was filled with warmth and good memories. Christmas memories. Gladys walked out into the frigid cold and locked the door behind her. She had one more stop to make before heading home. With the green box beside her, she drove to the nursing home to set up the ceramic figures and wooden stable for her father. He'll be so surprised, she could almost hear her mother say. Her father was surprised, and on that cold December night, he and Gladys remembered together— her mother, Christmas, 
and the love of the child born in the manger so many years before. And from that night on, Gladys not only loved Christmas more than most people did, she also loved her name. Hopefully your family loved Gladys Remembers Christmas as much as our family does. We are sure there were a few fights, maybe even a few tears, but these times together as a family will be memories that you will cherish forever. If you would like more Christmas stories that are short and fun for the entire family, check out our store over at thesmilinghomeschooler.com. We have a whole bunch more, and you can buy them in audiobook and also in physical form. We'd also like to thank Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring this special Christmas episode. Have a Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you next week.